This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. JR do well. Thank you to Mr. Williams for covering me at a time where I was Wi Fi less for two days. Goodness me, it was like the late 90s. Well, Joe, I am back. How are you? Doing very well. Hope Siberia wasn't too difficult. It's good to good to be back on this with you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and happy birthday to JR this weekend. Uh, thankfully, I didn't need him to cover me for this one, but I hope he has a splendid time. Yeah, I'm sure Swindon won't give him uh, too many grievances across his birthday weekend. <laughs> back when I was younger, the thought of like Hartlepool Way on my birthday weekend, it would have been an absolute killer because, you know, the one of the first things you check when you're younger, isn't it? Like, oh, who's Swindon playing on my birthday weekend? Hartley poor way. Well, I have to do something else, aren't I? Yeah, I had the dream of that last year because it was Walsall away. Uh, it was my birthday. And this year it would be crawling. Well, just, uh, just before crawling. So be slightly less fun. Lovely stuff. Okay, well, the big news this week... Without a doubt, Wiltshire Premier Shield finalists 2023. 2023, if you're that way inclined, what a magical evening it was down in Salisbury. Yeah, I mean, obviously I wasn't there. I'm not going to go to Salisbury for that, but mm. I'm very excited. I was. I really want us to take this seriously because we're not playing for anything else. Just really go out there and massacre the final. Get that silverware on the board and celebrate it like it's a proper one. Yeah, I was very tempted to go down to Salisbury, but what 
killed it for me was just the location of the ground, you know, in terms of proximity from the train station. I just couldn't be bothered to pay for a taxi on top of on top of a <laughs> 20 plus pound for a uh, Wiltshire Premier Shield. But it was absolutely rammed with action, wasn't it? A nice, easy first half. We've had Aloy and Kaji getting a brace, then... Salisbury pull one back, Kanu gets sent sent off, and then Copland makes some fine saves to secure what is the big one, the Pete Lusty Derby. I'm not committing to calling it the Rich Pullen Derby. Westbury United at the county ground. Who would have thought it? They're taking a coach load. I mean, I mean of course they are. It's the it's the big one. It's good to see that they're teaching them young with Kanu and getting sent off. That really is the Swindon Town culture these days. <laughs> It really is. Uh, I really do want them to try and find a way of having the game played an hour or so after the Crawley game, because otherwise we're going to be playing our under-17s, because surely, and I might be wrong here, second-year scholars tend to know by May whether they're being kept on or not. So Westbury will field a senior side out that's doing pretty well in the Southern League. And then we'll be, we'll put out our under-17s plus Adeloy, who will already be firmly on the beach, or at least in whatever bar is popular with the Swindon players in Swindon, uh, having done the uh, having uh, having finished the season the day before. So I, re- I really want it to be on the day of instead of the following day. Plus, it would save me nineteen pounds on the train uh, if they just did it all in one day. Selfishly, but hey. I'm just thinking about me. They've already done the double header this season, so why not another one? And yeah, we want to see as many players as possible. And I, I can imagine even any sort of fringe first teamers would probably just be like, I'm on holiday now, I'm not mm. playing in that game. If they tr- tried to do it after the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's on the Tuesday, which it is scheduled to do, and the, all the noise is suggesting it will be the day after the Crawley game, that is going to be a very, very young side. <laughs> Does everyone who doesn't feel like they can say no to playing in it? You can imagine Kean Harry's just being released or knowing that he's off going, oh, by the way, do you fancy playing in the Wiltshire Premier League final uh, on Tuesday? Risk it all. No. And and he might have further ground to say no, given some of the comments in this presser. Before we move on, though, what did Jody Morris say about the Salisbury game? Is he is he going to take them all up to Hartlepool with him? Um Probably not. Uh, I think he said, obviously, for obvious reasons, he wasn't looking at it in terms of it being like a, a big test of his players. It was, uh, he said he was looking at their application and how they could sort of, um, you know, how they could prepare for a game like this where you have that kind of quality gap with some of the players who were playing. Obviously, had a couple of first teamers there. And just more from that perspective, more than the actual game itself, he didn't even touch on the fact that. Kaji and Adeloy were playing like prime Gerard and Torres out there. Um, <laughs> so so it doesn't sound like anyone's got themselves firmly in the thinking for for this weekend off the back of it. Um, just um, sort of, uh, no, it was just more about how they prepared for a game like that and getting a bit of legs into some of the players who uh, may or may not have benefited from that fact based on uh, answers to a different question. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So it turns out it is just a uh, 
piddly little trophy <laughs> that we're obliged to take part in and it might be a benefit to play a few senior players along <laughs> somewhere along the line. Okay, fair enough. We're not going to build it to be anything. I was going to bring my pyro with me and everything. Yeah, I was I was preparing the welcome to hell banner for <laughs> when Westbury make their way up. But it sounds like Jody Morrison quite as interested in getting getting a trophy as I am. Oh, I can imagine Gavin Gunning will be livid with the notion that he will have to look after them on that Tuesday night too. But suddenly I've gone from being really quite excited about that game to like, what am I doing with my life once I put my £10 down to go and watch it having uh, commuted from Bristol? Oh dear, what's going on? Yes, suddenly the, the novelty of the big cup final um, <laughs> thing when you actually start to think about it, it's going to be after the end of the season. <laughs> the manager saying they didn't really care but it might not be that good actually weirdly us playing Westbury yeah yeah getting tonked like we did last season uh Manny Idem will never forget you um never played again I don't think he played another football match after that he didn't find a club this summer or this season if he did indeed look for a club okay well let's move on to Hartlepool United away. It's a bit weird now, isn't it? I mean, and I hope Swindon fans keep the faith for the remainder of the season because it's going to be a bit of a slog otherwise, isn't it? Uh, Hartlepool United are rubbish, but they need to win. In their last 10 games, they have won one, drawn seven and lost two, scored 13 and conceded 15. That, That win was the first in that last 10 games so it was as far back as you can go in the last five games they've drawn every single one three three against Walsall one one against Tramier and Northampton two two against Bradford and one one against Leighton Orient so put your money on a nil nil um this weekend they've they've improved I mean I guess the big thing here is that those last three games Northampton Bradford and Leighton Orient they're actually good results. Yeah, I mean, if you take those not in a run where you've won none in nine, um, and you're looking individually, well, we drew all these top sides, you're thinking, That's, we're doing quite well here. You take those points before you start, but when you do need the points, um, you kind of need to win a bit more than than just get a draw, even if it is against the league leaders like Leighton Orient. But I think, I think when you've been on that run, you probably see Swindon coming a little bit and rub your hands because... Uh, our, our form is hardly any better. Yeah, we're not on the beach because there's still nine games left. But what what sort of vibe did you get from Jody Morris for this one? Are we? I, I saw one of those videos that the club put out with Joe Tomlinson talking about the the stadium purchase, saying all the same stuff as we've heard over the last few days. It, it looked one of like one of those hostage videos, didn't it? Um, where he, he's just reading from a card. But at the end, quite remarkably, he was talking about a playoff push. Uh, it doesn't feel like that. And I, I don't really get the feel that Jody Morris sees it that way either. No, well, he was happy to answer questions about next season. So take that where it was. Um, I know from speaking to Flazer Break Tracy at the end of the Stockport game, he definitely sees there are still being at least something to fight for. I think they all see it as being a, a touch unrealistic at this point, which it very much is. But they are, yeah, I think there's a fair amount of realism to to the way that Jody Morris is thinking about this. Because essentially, we're going to have to win every game at this point. Mm. So we're going to have to complete 180 on form and just everything about the way Swindon are playing. Because... They're not looking like a team that could even remotely think about doing that. 
Yeah. Well, I think last time we played them, Keith Curl was their manager, and before that, Paul Hartley. And now it's John Askey, which is very much feels like preparing for non-league. And they'd probably be fair to. I mean, they've got some players that you might have heard of. Um, up until recently, they had Christopher Missalou and Theo Robinson, but they didn't finish the season. Um, and I think um, Menayese is injured, isn't he? He's on loan. So those are the Swindon links. Not expecting anything from them. Um, their forward this year, who scored most of their goals, is Josh Umara. And um, there's a player they've got on loan from MK Dons, Dan Kemp, who's done pretty well. But just, I was quite surprised, Joe, that Hartlepool came back into the Football League. I think I said it on this podcast before. When, when they got relegated a few years back, I thought we would never see them again in terms of in the EFL. And I was impressed to see that they came back. But it looks like a very short stay. I, I don't see them surviving, even if they were to uh, beat Swindon this weekend. Yeah, it feels like Crawley have just tried to turn things around at the moment with Scott Lindsay. So they might be a little bit too far up the road. As you say, they're not really one of those Notts County types where sort of a sleeping giant type situation where they go down. You think they surely won't stay there for long. There's, that's kind of where Hartlepool are is just between the fifth and fourth tiers. So. Yeah, it doesn't, they haven't covered themselves in loads of glory so far. Josh Umera seemed like a really good signing coming into the season. He's got loads of goals at Wealdstone. Um, he's done okay for a team as, as bad as they are. But yeah, there's there's not loads of quality in that team. And I think people saw that at the start of the season because they were. this is not a surprise that they're down there. So so what cliches did Jody Morris throw at us regarding Hartlepool? <laughs> well, um Everyone get out your bingo cards. Uh, test of character in terms of uh, it's a tough place to go, a lot of travel, tough pitch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was out there. So it's very much that test. Team that is fighting for their lives, that came up. Uh, they, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be difficult because they really need the points and they'll be fighting themselves as hard as they possibly can. Um, he also said that obviously Swindon couldn't be outfought by, the, by them, even though that was what they were doing because we had just about something to uh, fight for. Again, this is kind of where you see his thinking. Because he said, you know, in case teams slip up, we need to be there to pounce on it. <laughs> so we've got to be fighting even harder than they are in this one. But yeah, it's um, it's one of those <laughs> where you'd like, well, we, there's not really anything real, I can say, that's good about Hartlepool. So you know, here's, here's a bunch of things that they might do because it feels like they should. <laughs> uh, their home form, for the record, this season is in the league, one three, draw nine, lost seven. It doesn't feel like a fortress. No, not not exactly. Uh, it doesn't feel like anyone else has struggled too much with the journey up there, unless unless those defeat those victories were against teams like Newport or Gillingham. But yeah, it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be difficult. I'll put that. Um, shouldn't <laughs> is the bold word in that sentence. Um, but I, I very much am up. I'm not holding out too much hope. In regard to this one, because, well, you know, <laughs> there's, they're, they're quite good at set pieces and it feels like we're playing very badly. So, and we'll almost certainly get a red card. <laughs> Their wins this season at home were against Doncaster Rovers in October, at the start of October. Then they beat Grimsby at home at the end of October and they beat uh, Rochdale at home in 
January. God, what a wretched season to be a season ticket holder. Yeah, it does put things into a bit of perspective, doesn't it? When you think how how bad it could be. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Okay, any any anything else Jody Morris said of note before we move on to injuries and such? Um, yeah, it was just about them as the point that you made about their draws and the fact that they're clearly not they're not incredibly easy to beat. They're they're making it tough on teams um, from that sort of way and also another check towards that the red card stuff that we can't be letting them get on top of us in the in the dark arts areas to lose our cool like that because that has happened quite a lot Mm. yeah our our form against Hartlepool in recent years is actually quite solid we haven't lost to them for quite some time partly because we haven't exactly played them too many times but um, we lost against them at the county ground in 2009 and since then we've played one two three four five six seven seven odd games and we've not lost any of those quite remarkably the last time they won I think Monkhouse scored um, which he always seemed to do didn't he after he left us for for but they have a player in their squad that might even feature Peter Hartley I think he came back this season didn't he and he played that game. I don't think he's played for a little while. But yeah, the last time we went up there was in April of last year. And when we had to win all those games. And boy, howdy, we did that day. 3-0, courtesy of a Harry McCurdy brace and Baudry got the other one. So I don't I don't think we'll get... If we, if we were to have a similar experience this year, I don't think we'll see the fans go right. Let's do this. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think people have have come to the conclusion that it's done now, haven't they? Is there? There's no hope anywhere. I'm, I'm going on who I talk to, not necessarily the bigger. We're going to keep following. We're going to keep hoping, but yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think the only piece of solace is that this was the ground where we we started that turn last season, but that was four or five games. This would be eight, I think. So it's you're starting from even further back. You've got all this, all these teams that have to go wrong. So it just it just doesn't seem likely. I don't think anyone's anyone's harboring any sort of hopes that we might just suddenly click into a gear that we've got nowhere close to or basically any point of the season. So yeah, it's very much a. I mean, we'll see, but it's almost certainly not happening. Uh, Ward, Iandolo, Conroy, Baudry, Egbo, Reed, Williams, Payne, Barry, McCurdy, Davison started last year. I, I kind of am looking forward to the postseason review. It's going to be a little bit angsty. <laughs> yeah, I think that that one's a, a mark your calendar episode. I think <laughs> with the sort of <laughs> the way that's going to happen. But of course, that that game referencing the team from was we finally got to win in the blackout shirt. Yes, indeed, indeed. Finally, finally. Uh, Okay then. So there's a little bit of confusion here, isn't there in terms of injuries? Um, We've played it back several times, including just before this recording, and we're not quite sure who's ill. We think we know, but there is a little bit of uh, question marks over it. But What's the situation in terms of fitness injuries? Yeah, the the definites are that Ronan Darcy is a doubt after he felt his calf in training on Wednesday. Uh, Tyree Shade re- arrives back from the Caribbean after a, a lovely little spell, it seems, mm. seems to have been for him. Um, apparently there was some sort of delay in him coming back, but he should have been in training today, I believe was said. 
Um, they'll, they'll have a talk about it then and see how he is, um, you know, in terms of personally having had some fun over there and also uh, his availability for the weekend. But Morris said that he should be available to play. And then the sort of one that we're not certain on because doing this on teams, it just sort of cut out at the wrong second. As uh, Rich and I are both pretty sure he said Ricky, so Aguiar has been ill, but we're not 100% certain that he said that. And why are we not 100% certain? (laughs) Because Ricky Aguiar was then later spotted in training today, unless they posted um, training photos from a different day for no apparent reason. So that's, that's where the confusion comes in. But pretty sort of 90, 90% certain that Ricky was the name that was said. Yeah, given how active Ricky Aguilar has been on social media, including for a club event, it doesn't seem to be him. It could have been Wakey, but he suspended anyway. So, yeah, hopefully that's the sleuthing done. Yeah, it's funny when you're in the playoffs or promotion places, illnesses don't tend to happen, do they? Uh, whoever it is. And also flights are on time. Um, maybe it's just because they're having a great time. And I applaud it because he played two games over the week against San Martin and Aruba. Six points for St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, St. Kitts and Nevis, sorry. Um, and nobody can find a replica shirt to uh, to show off around the county ground. It seems a very niche country to follow. Yeah, a little bit tough. I, I watched the highlights back for the San Marta game. And I'm pretty sure he was playing right back which in a back four, which felt a bit strange. But um, I, I may, may be wrong that because no one, also no one had a team sheet, like a proper one uh, in formation. So that's what it looked like. But you know, it seems to be a lot of fun. But it is one of those things a bit like, I think it might have been Gary Neville that said, no one's ever had cramp whilst they're losing. It's one of those type of things. Like you don't, you don't, you know, have illnesses when when things are going well. It's these are just the things that happen when people don't care as much. <laughs> these are these are the quite the accusations that we're throwing at <laughs> at Swindon Town at the moment, and obviously we we openly admit we could be completely wrong on that front. But yeah, when you're desperate to play, you, you tend to suddenly find that. That little bit of fitness, don't you? But we'll we'll see. One person that won't be selected um, unless he's calling Hartlepool's bluff in the weirdest way. Kean Harry's man. Those those words that you typed they did, they didn't bode well for his Swindon career. Yes, this was incredibly harsh. I felt because obviously the question comes from he out of nowhere was playing against Salisbury, um, and then I, I mean people who watch the game might be able to shed more light on. It's performance, maybe, but uh, Morris then said he is nowhere close to being selected. Um, he's way off it physically. He's tr- he can't really keep up with the level in training. Um, and, and watching the other night, he was way off it. He, you can tell he's been out for ages. And you're like, whoa! Because <laughs> there's, there's a few times at this press conference where you're not really sure what he's trying to get at. But yeah. Keen Harris, who was clearly fit enough to play on Tuesday, is also way off it to play first team football, have no involvement. And it's, I mean, I hope Keen doesn't listen to this because it is really harsh. I got to say, when I was following your blog live, I was like, please let him be the player interview. <laughs> Please let him <laughs> come in and have a chat with you. And you can all sit there and go, so. What are you doing this weekend? Anything nice? It was really, really... I'm not used to that. Um, and 
Johnny Morris, you know, he's honest and his, his, like, they might be featuring essentially means they absolutely are, like what we saw with Tomlinson and Blake Tracy last week when you were speaking to JR. But this was like, it was, it was borderline, what are you doing here? Yes, not, not probably the greatest listen for Kean Harry's. No, I don't think I've ever heard a player dragged to quite that extent in an interview in just sort of such a nondescript way because it's not like Keen Harris is coming off a major error or something. He's just he's just come back into the team by the looks of it. And you're thinking, oh, oh maybe is he going to be you know, a week or two off? And no, he's, he's nowhere close. He, he looks miles off it in training. You're like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> could have kept some of that in-house maybe. <laughs> yeah, is it? We'll talk about Kean Harry's at the end of the season when we when we when we go through every player, and you know Bristol Rovers fans had a had a chuckle when the the announcement was made and they were quite harsh and Harry's took offence to that and I think if we're all being perfectly honest, we didn't see enough of him either way to to make an to make an, a solid opinion of his contribution to Swindon Town because he only played three times in the league. Seven times overall, it's just not enough, is it? Yeah, I always felt when the signing happened that people were a bit harsh on Harry's because he was quite clearly signed as a backup. And you're like, yeah, he's just kind of a guy with League Two experience. I looked, I think he was statistically quite good on the ball. Um, so, okay, kind of makes sense. He looked okay. Like he wasn't making, he wasn't a Taylor Curran type when he actually got on the pitch, but he just never. He was never going to play that much, and he, the injury meant that he never did. So we we just don't really know how good he is. But <laughs> safe to say, Jody Morris isn't quite such a fan. No, no. Well, we'll see what happens because, given Swindon's recent record, he might be starting up front at some point if we need him. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, hopefully he gets a redemption tour and we get a sort of Richarlison moment where he shushes Jody Morris after scoring a goal. Or, or the seasonal Baudry renaissance, where he kept on having a solid conclusion and uh, finding himself still at the club. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're still waiting for that. So if there's any hopes in the playoffs, it's that Matthew Baudry will be starting for Swindon in two weeks' time. <laughs> in goal. Uh, <laughs> this is our first away game since the quite crazy 4-4 draw against fellow relegation fodder a fellow for poor old Hartlepool, Rochdale. He was asked about learning from that game. What was said here? Yeah, he was asked, you know, what what can you take from having played a team in a similar position as Hartlepool quite recently, uh, in terms of away game especially. And he said, um, you know, he, he was happy with the attacking in that game and that Swindon could have scored six or seven goals. Um, actually, not quite sure I agree with that. I felt like we basically scored all the chances we had. But... Um, yeah, you said in terms of we got that bit right, but and if we, if we can play like that again, then that will be obviously a, quite a good thing. But also we were awful at the back and also in tra- awful in transition and awful in possession. So uh, essentially <laughs> what we can learn from Rochdale is don't play like we played against Rochdale was, was the main thesis. And it's a sound conclusion. I mean, if you were to ask, <laughs> tell them to do one thing, it would be like, 
it would probably be don't play like you played against Rochdale. Other but, than Charlie Austin, you do that again. You, you play exactly like you played against Rochdale. <laughs> the rest of you play nothing like you played against Rochdale. Charlie, you be you. And kind of like to see some of that at the county ground, please. But for now, let's just focus on away games. Okay, cool. We're going to go to the Joe Zone early here because there's a little bit there on Hartlepool before we move on. So here we go. Let's do it. Hi, Jody. Um, so from what you said about maybe not knowing so much about your players yet, do you feel like these final just over a month now is going to be quite crucial in players convincing you they're ready for next season as well as you know doing what you can to try and get in the playoffs? I think so, um, because ultimately, if we're going to judge this season, it's OK if we split it into thirds. I'm only kind of two-thirds of the way there, but it's a short two-thirds. So um, if there's players that maybe come to the fore or, or start producing really well between now and the end of the season, end of the season, then human nature means that they'll probably be in a better position and I'll have a better opinion of them than I may do if they go the other way and fall off and don't produce. Um, but listen, I, I still think uh, it's very early to be ruling people out and it's also maybe early to be if a player's done well for a couple of weeks to then start thinking that oh well these are this is where you they need to be next year and they need to be one of the main focuses for next year um, because things change quickly in football and ultimately you've got to judge them not just on what happens on on the match day so far you've got to judge what you see around the place and in and, in, and at the training ground and um, like I said I, ideally I'd like a lot longer with with players but um, in this game you don't get um, exactly what you kind of you hope for but um, like I said I, I'm, I'm certainly looking at players day in day out um, and taking each week as it comes um, and then obviously there needs to be decisions made um, for and against I suppose yeah, and then I don't want to dwell on set pieces all the time, but when I looked into it, over a third of Hartlepool's goals have come from those positions. Did you feel like you saw improvement against Stockport that would lead you to believe that a team like Hartlepool that maybe rely on them a little bit more, that you can stand up to that threat? Yeah, well, it's, I think it's pretty easy to say that because, like, like I said earlier, I think, we, I, think, I think we defended those quite well. Um, got ahead on a few, but it can change week to week for me. Um, I, I think that's that is the the beauty of um, this game, where you can all of a sudden you feel like you're defending set pieces really well, and then you you make a couple of errors um, in the space of I don't know ten twelve days, and all of a sudden you can't defend set pieces. Um, but we know we know different to almost like the prep that we've we've been doing for most of the games. I mean, there's an element of we spent a little bit longer, I'd say last week, um, on defending a lot of balls into the box. But we've also we've also done that this week and we'll be doing it again today in training. So um, making the players aware is all that you can do and hopefully if people take care of their jobs that they're supposed to do come match day, then we'll have a better opportunity of not conceding, but even when you do do your jobs at times, you can still concede. 
um, set pieces because, like I said, it's, it's all how you want to interpret. You can also you can also not concede from set pieces for God knows how many games, and you've actually defended them worse than what you did when you've actually conceded. So, um, like I said, we we need a little bit of luck go our way, but also need to make sure that if people are going to score against us, albeit in open play or or set pieces, let's hopefully. Um, I'd hope that the teams are going to earn those goals rather than us gifting it to them. That's all for me. Thanks, Jody. So judging players and dealing with Hartlepool's set-piece threat, we were actually quite okay last weekend in terms of set-pieces defensively. It was just attacking-wise as we learned the hard way uh, where it all went wrong. So there has been improvement. Yeah, I think we look fairly comfortable. Um I think remember Marcel Lavinia heading away about three corners in succession, which isn't necessarily the play you'd expect to be doing it, but fair enough. Um, it was this question comes up the fact that I found out that thirty four percent of Hartlepool's goals have come from set pieces. Wow! So I wouldn't otherwise have asked about it again, but thinking this is clearly all they've got. So um, <laughs> are you ready? So I mean, you know, it's. It is one of those things where things happen in patches and it seems a little worse and so they might well go on and defend pretty well again, but it does feel like Hart- this is something that Hartlepool have got up their sleeve. <laughs> the sleeves are pretty <laughs> short, Joe. <laughs> They've got the one sleeve, I think. The other one was ripped off in a sort of <laughs> uh, early early season demise. But yeah. and and in relation to judging his players, uh, um, you know, we we know that he went to Salisbury, didn't think much of some of the fringe, didn't take it too seriously. Were you happy with what he was saying here? Um, fairly happy. Um, his his general conclusion of well, what am I supposed um what ten games in that well I can't really know what I've got yet but well you, you probably could but um you know it's this is kind of the question where you know that Morris isn't too <laughs> thinking too hard about the season that he's perfectly willing to say well, yeah well they've got the chance to impress me and see what they can do for next year because you know you wouldn't be thinking about that quite so much if you were if you were looking very very firmly at the playoffs instead of instead of further on. So it's you know it's a, it's a fairly fine answer. I wasn't expecting anything too groundbreaking from it, but um, it just probably shows more about his mindset at this stage than anything else. If you were Jody Morris right now and you've got one eye, probably got more than one eye on retention of players and the, and the retain list. Where would your head be at? Because, you know, at the moment it's quite raw for fans. We're just saying, get rid of them all. But the reality is our retained list isn't as dramatic as it has been in recent years, is it? You know, in terms of players that we we expect to leave or need contract negotiations, of course, we'll lose key players in terms of loans. Um, but Baudry, we know he'll be off. Uh, Brewitt. Well, he had the captain's armband at the end of the Stockport game, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Kean Harris doesn't look like he's going to be sticking around. You'd expect Minton might get a might get an extension. Uh, McEachran, you you hope and you pray. I think we've got an option on him, haven't we? Johnny Williams, we don't expect to stay around. And then after that, it's Charlie Austin, and that can go either way. 
Oscar Massey, you know, he's, he's vanished without a trace. And Hepburn Murphy, Rashawn Hepburn Murphy, you would expect us to, to be in the conversation. But other than that, everyone else is contracted, aren't they? So if we are going to have the, the massive exodus that I've been anticipating, they're going to have to free up contracts or, or have offers from elsewhere. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is certainly interesting from that point. And this kind of part of the season where, particularly for someone like Minter, and if you are going to keep him on, and I feel like he is possibly probably worth another year because he's, he's shown some good things, that you would hope he would get a decent amount of playing time in this end of the season period when we haven't got many centre-backs. It doesn't really matter that much. And, you know, he's he's someone who is playing for a contract. And you know, in that in that list of six or seven players, ideally ideally you probably would keep three of them, at least in McEachran, Hepburn Murphy. We aren't going to keep Williams, but if we could, I think we would want to. So you know, it, it isn't going to be the kind of massive churn that I think people expect unless we can, you know, really ship some players out, presumably for freeze again, uh, to um, to free up a bit of space in this squad. Well, we'll see on that front. Um, let's move on to general questions that were asked. And Jody Walsh was asked about confidence in the squad. And that's got to be a big thing right now, isn't it? Because with the amount of goals we've been conceding late on and the poor results, that, that cannot that cannot reflect a very confident squad right now. So what did he say about this? Yeah, he, he wasn't going to... Did, certainly didn't come out and say he has huge confidence in the squad. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we can kind of gauge that from some other things he said uh, in previous weeks. But um, <laughs> but he's... Yeah, this is this is the kind of the flashpoint for where I kind of followed up in my questions where he's said, well, I don't, you know, I don't know necessarily. It's only been two months and 10 games. Um, obviously, the injuries and the suspensions and everything else gets in the way of what he may or may not think he knows about the players, but it's very much not not willing to say that he'd made any any kind of decisions at all yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 soon find out, and I would probably suggest that he's he's telling Porky Pies there. I think he knows exactly who he wants around um, from the summer onwards. Dressing room clashes. Have I missed something here? Uh, yes, this was from Fraser Blake Tracy at the end of the Stockport game, where he um, said that him and Romeo Hutton had had a bit of a, a fricassee in the in the dressing room after the game. A bit of a chat about um, how the goal was conceded, whose fault it was. And the fact that Fraser Blake Tracy then said that it was fifty-fifty shows that it was very much his. Um, <laughs> um, and and he also revealed that that kind of thing, you know, they've had they've had that kind of thing a few times. Players having to have been separated. So um, obviously the next question is, Jody, what do you think about this? Because um, I think I put it out on the Sunday about um, that Blake Tracy had said this, and some people were like, "Good, they care," and some people were like, uh, "This shows that they all hate each other." And uh, Morris very much fell in the former camp. Um, he said that is uh, incredibly normal. And in fact, some of um, the stuff that he'd seen was possibly a little bit tame in terms of what he'd been used to as a player himself, the kind of way that players go after each other in dressing rooms. But as long as things you know, don't go too far and people move on very quickly, then there isn't really any issue. And that certainly has been the case because... Fraser said that they'd shaken hands and forgot about it already on Saturday. And um, no, Morris confirmed that as well, that they've, they have they did completely put these things to bed and they're not lingering issues. That's good. That's good. OK. Um, game management is something that 
listeners of the podcast have cited as a criticism criticism of Jody Morris, and he was asked about game management uh, in this press conference. Is he happy with how things are going at the moment? Big whopping no. <laughs> um, both in t- both in actual games and in training sessions, they put on to make them better at game management. There's he's said it's not like they've been in training sessions and um, doing completely different things. And he was over the moon with the way they would they were working those situations to try and you know see games out and do things like that. So um, no, they are they are certainly trying to work on it um, and you know make sure those those situations are vastly improved on because they have been a pretty big issue at large points. But yeah, he's, he's been very disappointed with that aspect, but then um, went on to the sort of, it's been the, when those situations don't go on your way, sometimes, it, you know, the atmosphere can sour a touch, but um, he was keen to say that that hasn't been the case. And the, the training has been very good this week again. Um, and the atmosphere is staying high, which is something I feel like we've heard all season. Um, and it's it's not really helped. So, yeah, it's it's maybe not the most perfect thing. But um, he was very much saying that, as as anyone can see, I, I can't imagine anyone thinks our game management is particularly good. Um, you know, that was something that we clearly need to improve on and fairly sharpish. Yeah, what's your take on it? I mean, when you concede as many goals as we do, either in bunches or late in games, um, the game management is it's not working. I feel like. We'd we just too often put ourselves under pressure in those situations where, against Stockport in the second half, I, I wrote on the live blog that we aren't getting out as often as we were in the first half and breaking up Stockport's play, which is something that we would have we we had to do. Obviously, they they score on the counter attack, but when when these things start to build up and those sort of things happen, and then you go to the Rochdale game and you take the lead and from a point where you were keeping possession quite well in that second half, a lot better than they had been in the first. And then, okay, we'll drop in, see what see what we can do with corners. And it's just, it's just about releasing pressure more than, I don't know, holding it in the corner or anything. But it's just sort of a general inability to hold possession when it matters. Yeah, it's very frustrating at times, isn't it, watching uh, Swindon currently but hopefully we can turn it around 10 games in time flies when you're desperately hoping for the season to end doesn't it (laughs) Um, uh, 10 games in charge how's he feeling because it has felt it has felt quite scruffy um, not in terms of just on the pitch stuff just the way things have gone through the appointment to delays in recruitment to just when he came in on the on deadline day itself and then and then not having his right hand man for x amount of time it's it's not been the greatest start and i'm really really hoping he has a summer try and smooth things out at swindon it's but it's not felt like the perfect fit thus far how's he feeling yeah similar to that where he kind of feels like basically everything that's that could could go against house in these first ten games, where had all these injuries and suspensions, and you know, that that breaks up, and you have to change things around, and that's kind of led to the form not being too great and or at all consistent. Cause we're twenty first in the league in terms of form across the time Jody Morris has been in the job, which is obviously very very bad. Um, uh, but he's he's still and has maintained this for, for his whole time that. He does feel like the performances are significantly better than the results in terms of we never seem to 
you know, if we deserved a draw like we probably did against Stockport, we get a defeat, or we deserve a win against Carlisle, for example, then then we lose that game. So, you no, know, he, he, he feels like the performances, whilst not great, are probably worth more than Swindon have actually got out of them. But um, the, the key part in this is that he says, can we get better in, in all areas? Absolutely. So very much an across-the-board improvement needed across his next and then his next 10 and then hopefully subsequent many. He's right. We haven't been smashed yet other than probably the first game of the season uh, where it all started very badly. But from the games that I've seen, they have been generally close when we haven't won. Yeah, there's, as you said, I think it's pretty much only Harrogate where we've been completely out of a game scoreline-wise, maybe performances Don't slightly different to yeah, that. But yeah, yeah. but um, yeah we've, <laughs> it, it, it's, thing, things are... Although I, I feel like I've said it the entire season, it feels like things are closer than it feels, but we've never got anywhere. We've not seemed to make take too many strides towards getting towards the just desserts of performances, maybe. Well, that, that takes us nicely to predictions. I'm going to let you kick off this this week. Um, uh, I just can't. I, I'm not going to bring myself to predict a negative result, even though I feel like it's definitely going to happen. I'm going to say same as it was at the counterground, 2-1 Swindon. It's very good. I'm going to go 2-2 draw, but again, as always, your sounds far better, especially before Mansfield the following week at home, uh, where we will remember what teams were like when they were on the beach during our run in last season and how we swept them aside. <laughs> Hopefully we don't see that um, next week. But until then, Hartley Paul, happy travels to all the fans going up. Absolute beautiful people. But <laughs> Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. And you're like, whoa. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who they be. We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward or maybe five chicken selects one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 